Successful Performer Cast, Episode 5. This is the show that interviews one full-time professional entertainer per week with the goal of inspiring and equipping those who are working to make the leap themselves. This is the Successful Performer Cast. Hey everyone, this is Chris Shepard, your host. Thanks for listening to the Successful Performer Cast, the show that interviews successful entertainers to inspire you, our listeners. Have you joined our email list? This is a great way to be notified every time a new episode breaks. Go to SuccessfulPerformerCast.com to sign up today and never miss an episode. Also, if you enjoy this free podcast and would like to show your appreciation, go to SuccessfulPerformerCast.com and click on the subscribe on iTunes tab at the top. This will take you to the iTunes store where you can leave a rating and a review. Also, as a special thanks for five-star ratings, I will personally give you a shout-out thanking you by name in a future episode of our show. Now, let's get to the good stuff. It's my pleasure to welcome my good friend of the show, George Tovar. Thank you so much for being here, George. How you doing, Chris? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Doing great. Uh, yeah, it's not too bad a time. 10 a.m. is good for me. Yeah, very good. Well, George is a magician and actor out of Los Angeles who's made a reputation performing magic for celebrities, corporate and private events, restaurants, and cruise ships. His superlative sleight-of-hand skills and his engaging personality have made him a sought-after entertainer. George, are you ready to get started? Yes, I am, and thanks for that intro, by the way. <laughs> hey, just like you wrote it, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, George, let's start off with a little bit of inspiration. Uh, tell me your favorite success quote and how you live by it. Well, that's funny because that's, that's the one thing I, I, I just not to – I don't really have a successful quote. I don't really uh, take quotes. I mean the things I live by, which is by doing good work, always working hard, always uh, – trying to put on the best performance I can. But as there's been a quote from somebody that I follow, uh, yeah, they're different ones, but they don't apply to the, uh, I guess, success quote. I mean, <clears throat> keep, it, keep it simple, turn a weakness into a strength. Those are all quotes I've used in developing my magic, but I don't know about a success quote. So that I actually don't have an answer for. You've actually just answered <clears throat> it. I did. Yeah, well, you go. that's good. <laughs> so... Uh, tell tell us about yourself and your business as a performer. Um, I, I got to it, it, Chris. It's never been a, really a plan. I just kind of um, I started out and I just kind of got into it and I did the things you're supposed to do. Have a business card back then. You have a business card that was important. Uh, try to get a publicity photo, maybe as you're getting along. But uh, everything I've done, I kind of I've fallen into it. It's really not a um, a planned. Uh, work plan is how I, I guess I've never really kind of planned. I always got recommended by a lot of friends. I was a member of the cast as a junior and that helped a lot. I got a lot of recommendations through that. And uh, my first real professional gig working in a restaurant was uh, somebody brought me in who was already there. They were you know, going for several magicians. And then I worked that one spot for like uh, 10 years. I actually became the guy running the thing. But so again, I didn't have to go out and find a restaurant. I got kind of handed to me and then 
<clears throat> because of my reputation there, I used to get a lot of uh, restaurants filling in for other guys. Guys, like, hey, can you you know you're a steady, solid guy? Can you work for me this weekend or this day or whatever? And I would I would take it. So I got to tell you, a lot of it is that I just kind of um, uh, fell into me, fell in my lap. Uh, but I try to do things always professionally, and uh, I got the basics. You know, back then it was like basics was have a, a business card. Uh, eventually later on, maybe have a headshot for yourself. Um, Things like that, you know. So basically, you just jumped in and and uh, tried to figure out the controls as you were trying to fly the plane, basically, right? Exactly, exactly. Awesome. I mean, the one thing I did work on before you're talking about business part, but the one thing I worked on before I even wouldn't take, wouldn't take a job. Uh, my mentor Earl Nelson said, "Just be good." So I just worked a lot on the magic. Now it was kind of easy because I was working at a magic shop. And uh, I just used to practice all the time, practice on my customers. Like I'd show them a trick that we were selling. And I said, hey, let me show you a free one. And it was one I was working on. And I, I want to buy that. I go, no, that's not available. That's one I'm working on, you know, whatever. But I just really worked on it. In fact, I would just <clears throat> kind of be edgy and uh, eager. And I'd go to my mentor and I'd say, hey, you know, I want to get a job. He goes, not ready yet. Keep on working. Keep, there'll be plenty of time for you to work. So that's really what I worked on a lot was, was being a good magician, you know, being good at what I did. Very cool. Be good at what you do, right? Yeah. There you exactly. go. And in fact, is it uh, Steve Martin who says, <clears throat> be so good they can't ignore you? Yes. I read that book. That was a great book, by the way. There you go. That's a good book. To read. Steve Martin's thing was really good. He was a, he was a magician. You know, He started out as a magician. Mm -hmm. I, I think that book was uh, Born Standing Up. Yep. That's I'll, it. I'll include that in the show notes. Yes. Very good book. Awesome. I, I read it. I loved it. So, uh, George, do you have a unique selling point? Uh, or how, how do you differentiate yourself from others in your genre in the magic community? Well, what I always tell people uh, when they ask me is I have a lot of experience. So that is not helpful to a guy starting out, but uh, you find whatever you have, you know, and, and promote it. Again, back to that quote, uh, turn a weakness into a strength. Whatever your weak you think your weakness is, try to figure out a way that makes it a strength, whether it's a unique thing, it's different, it, you know, whatever it is, try to use it to help you out. Um, and, but the way I describe myself now is really um, a lot of experience. I perform classics of magic. It doesn't mean I do the old tricks. I don't present it that way. I do the classics of magic with my own twist. It's how I tell people. So it's going to be card tricks and coin tricks and things with borrowed items, but I put my own twist to it. And the other thing I always tell people is I have a very warm and engaging personality. I'm just <clears throat> I'm a nice guy. I'm not going to make you look bad. Uh, people are going to have a great time. They're going to what a nice guy was just to just to meet and talk to me. It's kind of how I, I sell myself. Just a a nice guy, not a flake, and I do classic, strong, close-up magic. Very cool. George, could you go into a little bit about your journey, how you uh, became a magician, and how you decided to, uh, to you know, start doing it full-time? Well, um, I always wanted to be a, uh, an actor. I wanted to perform as an actor at, uh, and anything, TV, stage, uh, film, whatever. And I knew you need to have a, a job because it doesn't, a lot of times it doesn't happen right away. Most times it doesn't happen right away. So most actors become uh, cocktail servers or <clears throat> bartenders or things like that. And so I knew I knew I needed to have some sort of a, a livelihood while I was struggling as a, as a young actor. My plan, though, because I'd heard about guys doing strolling restaurants and magic, was always to uh, to go in that field do restaurant magic because it, it allowed me to, to have a very flexible schedule. I could just take off when I wanted to go to an audition or do a movie and somebody else would cover my shift at the restaurant, things like that. But uh, the first step that I did then 
because I was a junior member of the castles, I, I wanted to be really good at magic. I went to work at a magic shop and I worked at Hollywood Magic here in uh, Hollywood. It's right up the street from the castle, in fact. And I worked there for years, not doing anything. I was taking acting classes at night, working the magic shop during the day. And uh, then I thought, when I'm good enough, I'll go out and get a restaurant, which I didn't have to because somebody offered me one. You know, I said, hey, can you help me out? And then from there, while I was uh, working at the restaurant, I you know, started getting into acting and doing more stuff with that. Um, of course, now being working at a restaurant and a magic shop, people are going to see you and going to offer you private shows. So that's how I got a lot of private shows out of that. Or other magicians knew me and they'd say, hey, I got a gig. We need two magicians. Do you want to come along? So again, always kind of like by word of mouth, people knowing me, people seeing me uh, was my best kind of advertising. Uh, you know, I added the business cards and all that other stuff to some people saw me at these events that I can go, hey, look, now you've seen me. You can contact me. That was the idea. So it was all like be seen, get hired. And I, a lot of jobs fell my way that way. Very cool. So as, as you were striving to, uh, you know, move into to performing as a magician and acting, did you encounter any resistance from family and friends saying, oh, you can't do that or, uh, or anything like that? Uh, actually, no. My family's always been very supportive. I, I mean, I've been an actor and, and doing magic shows since I was a kid, and they always liked it, and so I had a talent for it. I was always just a, a natural performer, and I, I always think that the acting part is what's helped me out as a magician, too, that I understand a lot about um, performing aspects using my acting skills. So there's a tip if anybody's interested in the sense that I really highly recommend, even if you're not going to be an actor, to take a couple acting classes at a, uh, a local community college or even a private you know, a schools that are just for actors – the, the skill you – or an improv. Improv is great for a magician, uh, improv class. It really expands your mind as a performer, and I really think that will help you as a performer. As far as the family, um, no, they were always very supportive. Of course, you know, when I was 18, 19, I did go to college for a couple of years and realized it wasn't for me. And my folks had always said, hey, you know, it would be good if you had a solid background, you know, something to fall back on, the old famous to fall back on. But it was very just kind of more of a suggestion, never really any kind of um, – Negative thing. Everybody's always been very supportive of what I've done. They go, hey, it's great. You're an entertainer. You're really good. And good luck with you and all that stuff. So it's always been very good. Awesome. So in, in business or in, uh, in you know, performing and, and learning what we're doing, you know, we're constantly learning. We're constantly trying things out. And oftentimes we learn by doing. Right? Yes. yes. So with, with that being said – Everybody is going to have a moment where something bad happened or something uh, unexpected happened. Could you tell me about a uh, a particular failure that you've had? Uh, let's see. I, you know, I guess I don't remember them because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't harp on them. I, I, I get, I've had them. Everybody's had them. It's natural. You know, when you're trading stories and somebody's at, you know at the castle, you're trading stories and somebody goes, "Hey, I had this time." You go, "Oh, wait a minute." That triggers a memory, and you remember your thing. Um, a couple that come to mind, they, they seem almost trivial now, was uh, I remember I was working in the close-up room in the Magic Castle, and uh, I was doing a trick, and I dropped the gimmick. It was a, it was a color change, a color changing handkerchief. And I dropped it right there on the table. You know, lights are on the table. There's 20 people watching it. And I dropped it right there on the table in the middle of the tricks, my opening act, my opening effect. And, and this is why I give advice to past students. I say, don't ever admit you made a mistake. Go on as if nothing happened. If it's in the middle of the show and you've been doing a good job, they'll think it's part of the trick. And all I did was I, I scooped up the gimmick, put it in my hand, and uh, and went on. Like nothing happened. I didn't 
didn't refer to it, didn't even make a joke about it, which would point it up. I just picked it up and went on. And I remember looking at people's faces. They were saying things like, did something, what happened? You know, now I realize the gimmick's on the table right in front of them. <laughs> and they're thinking, hey, I, I think that was part of the trick. I don't know what happened, but he's really dang good. That's a good trick. I still don't know what's going on. And I just went on and nobody really said anything. I mean, a couple of magicians go, oh, oh, I can't believe you did that. I went, yeah, yeah. But I just went on and, and nobody realized. So uh, my piece of advice is something goes wrong in your act. Always act like it didn't happen or it's part of the trick. Just move on. And if the rest of your stuff is good, they won't even believe you've made a mistake. And I've seen that with countless times with other guys doing it too. Um, the only other thing I had a failure that this came to mind because it was pretty recent. It was like a couple of years ago. I did one of those grad night things. Uh, you know, they, they lock out the kids and all that stuff. And it was late at night. These kids are having a great time. And I'm strolling. And I usually do pretty well at those. I handle teenagers pretty well, especially at that age, 17, 18, you know, because they like to razz you. They like to give you a hard time. But I was doing some pretty good stuff and blown away. And they actually just kind of shut up and listened or, you know, they just go, this is so good. They want to watch. It just shows you that good magic will quiet people. They'll, they'll actually sit and watch. If you're doing a lot of bad jokes or puns and not so much magic. Um, uh, are you still there, Chris? I'm here. Okay. Yes. Um, anyway. So, uh, the, you know, people will then start razzing you. If you look like you're nervous, they'll give you a hard time. Anyway, the point is I was doing really well with this group. This particular show, they asked me to get up and do like a little 20-minute stand-up thing. Went, okay, yeah, great. And there was just an abysmal failure. I got about 50, 60 kids, maybe 100 kids, grabbed around this little small stage. And now it's later in the evening. They're really kind of, you know, hyped up, jumpy, whatever. And I just could not get the control of that audience. And it was just, I'm just sitting there 15 minutes, 20 minutes of just no attention. I got a mic and everything. No attention, nothing. They're not paying attention. I'm just bombing. And it was just a note to myself for the future and whatever should have just known better. If your audience, uh, you got to know your audience, know what you're doing. That was not a proper venue for me. I need a, you know, a lot of times you got to have attention. It's more of like a, a busker would have done better there. A guy who can really grab them and, you know, which I can do in close up, but in a bigger stage thing. And I just went, nope, that was a total bomb. Luckily for me that I, the rest of the strolling stuff went great and the, the people hired me were happy, but I went, nope, don't do that again. Know your audience, really know who you're performing for and you can get your stuff across. So there you go. So is, is that the lesson that you would take away from that uh, particular instance is know your audience? Know who you're performing for and, and what you'll need to, because you got to have their attention. I mean, for some reason when I'm strolling in that same group of kids, I know how to grab that attention. I'm really good at bar mitzvahs too. Not that I like doing them, but those are really, that's a tough crowd. They really want to rock you. And I know how to grab them, hold them, attention, not physically grab them, but grab them and hold their attention. And I go over well. Uh, to work for that kind of group uh, on a stage thing, it's got to be right where they're a little bit more contained. They're not as loose and wild. Here, this grad night, it was their party. They were just kind of coming in and going and making a lot of noise and hoo hoo whatever and i couldn't get their attention and therefore i suffered the consequences and had a terrible 15 20 minute show wow so on the opposite side of the coin uh could you share with us one of your biggest successes um big successes I, again I, it's, it's been so many that again there's no one like oh that was the you know i've had nice moments i i got cast on a murder she wrote as a magician i got to bring a couple of longs as tech, uh, friends along as technical consultants and that was a nice thing. And the shoot came out really well. And it was a successful uh, venue, uh, venture. 
the other one I guess I, I would say that I had the, the best time working was uh, I got picked to work at Caesar's Magical Empire back in the uh, mid to late 90s. And uh, it was just a great venue. Uh, I really honed down my stage at my parlock. I was using my parlock from the castle. And uh, so I'd say, you know, the audience there, the response was so good. It went so well. I just had such a great time. I consider that a success. But if there was just one thing that I did, a greatest success, I, I really can't come up with one. Yeah, that's fine. So I, I, I know you said that, uh, you know, this is kind of like the anti-business um, aspect of things with, with the interview with you. But is there anything that you found that's worked really well for you in growing your business? Kind of like, like I said before, uh, Chris, uh, I, I would just say for me, it's always been word of mouth. You know, good shows and word of mouth. That's really the best thing. I mean, as far as a business aspect, yeah, I, I've learned now in these last few years to do Facebook and things. Like that. I don't even know how much that's helped me. Um, I, I talk to other magicians and I get advice from what they are doing. You know, like, what are you doing? How do you do this? And I, I ask questions all the time. I got a friend who's an awesome business guy. His name is Brian Gillis. He's amazing. And he keeps on telling me things to do. And I just, I'm not as aggressive as he is. And, you know, uh, but he's always trying to help me out and things like that. But What's worked best for me is really I'm kind of a referred magician. People hear about me, see me, know of my reputation, and I get a lot of work that way. Um, I do, when I get to a new area, try to do as many shows, free or not, uh, as I can to start getting the word out there. Meaning if I'm at a party and a friend of mine, hey, you want to do some magic? I gladly do it. So people go, hey, you're a magician. They get to know you. Or I'll do charity events uh, a lot when I'm new to an area. I don't do them all the time because otherwise you can do your whole schedule just doing charity events. I'm very selective about them, but I do them big groups, places that might want to hire me for a banquet later on, uh, just to kind of get going, get the word out when I'm in a new area. That's kind of worked for me. But uh, so you, you said you're very selective as to what kind of charity events you would do. What uh, what uh, would you look for particularly in in these, or what would uh, make you decide not to? pick one uh it's going to be a, a bad performing again knowing my audience that you know as, as great a job as i can do uh, it won't go over well i remember once i did a, and it's nice for them i did a senior citizen home i did a, a, a and it's great it's a great cause to do it for them but they just they really had no interest they weren't there it wasn't really you know whereas if i did a, a close-up thing one-on-one with somebody it would really kind of impact them or it would go over well but i just don't think that was a good venue to do. And I, I wanted to help a friend out and I did it and didn't go over so well. Other ones that have, I, I just did one for um, Feed the Troops out here in Simi Valley. And uh, it was at the Reagan uh, Presidential Library. Well, now there I'm working for hundreds of people. It's a, a place that holds a lot of banquets. And, you know, the word got out that I did a really great job there and this and that. So now I can go into that uh, party planner, the guy, the person who rents out the place and go, hey, love to work events at your place. If you could just drop my name to anybody who comes up, if I, you think I'm appropriate, that'd be great. And of course, they're going to go, yeah, yeah, you went off really well and sure, why not? So that's one thing. That's business-wise. And then the other thing about saying ones I'm choosy about is things I care about. If it's a thing I care about, I'm more motivated. It's not becoming like a, oh, yeah, I got to do this charity thing. I'm behind the organization and therefore I want to do a great job and I feel good about it. So that's what I mean by being selective. I, I'm an actor, so I help out a lot of theaters that have fundraisers because I, I'm into acting and I want to help out the theater. Or this uh, veterans things are a big passion of mine because 
I never served in the Army, and I want to do everything I can for guys who sacrificed themselves and went over. So I like helping out veterans groups and things like that because it's my way of kind of paying back for for them serving our country. So, you know, there you go. I've done other ones, but those ones I'm, I'm, I'm kind of really behind. Right, cool. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for sharing that. <coughs> Excuse me. So could you tell us about kind of a, a day in the life of a performer? I mean, I realize it's uh, it's not all I'm up on stage or I, it's not all card tricks and coin tricks, you know? Well, then it's just feeding yourself with good food and lots of women and smoking and drinking. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm that stuff, right? It's the life, uh, man. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. You know, typical life, I, I tell you what, um, I, I – uh, Try to keep up with whatever social media that I'm learning how to do now, uh, things like that. Uh, trying to figure out different ideas to go, contacts, and then just doing the work on the computer and looking them up. And Like right now, I've just recently moved back to Southern California, for example, and I'm trying to reach out to past clients. It's kind of an easy one. Instead of like going cold raw, past clients uh, that I've worked for before when I was here because I was gone for quite a while. About seven years I was away. And I'm just like, hey, you know, we, I worked for you before. Just kind of putting out there, I'm back in town. Don't even say I'm kidding. I'm hard sell. I need a job. I want a job. So, hey, I'm just letting you know I'm back in town. Anything comes up, let me know. And if I can ever get you to the Magic Castle. So it's just a way of kind of putting my name out there. And that's an easy thing to do. So I'm going through and looking at old contracts that I have and things like that to look up old names. And, you know, so it's a little bit of computer work. And then I guess, you know, try to work on some new material. I, I actually am not a big guy on new material. I kind of do my same thing for a while. But I... I look for new material, keep ideas, um, networking with other magicians. Uh, I love to, like you and I, we meet once in a while, Chris, and then Sean McMaster, a good friend of ours. Absolutely. And just just in having some, uh, you know, conversation with guys, it sparks in you things that they're trying, things they're not trying, whatever, and it gets you thinking. So being around them, in a sense, uh, is a good thing. You know, I'm very fortunate that I live in Southern California in the Magic Castle, so I always have a, a place to go hang out with guys if I want to and, uh, you know. Stir up the imagination about how to how to get some work. Very cool. You mentioned uh, in in your contacting your past clients. You know, I'm I'm back in town. If anything comes up, let me know. And if you ever want to get into the Magic Castle, let me know. Have you found the Magic Castle being a member and being able to get people in has helped get you business? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a big. It's a because now, remember, all we want to do is let people know we do this. If we can show them something, as I only one of those guys. Is always doing tricks for people. Like, oh, he's that guy. He's always going to come up and do tricks. I'm not that guy. Uh, when it's appropriate, I'll do a trick or two. Uh, very casual. Leave, leave him wanting more. Another uh, quote there from my mentor. Leave, always leave him wanting more. Don't do too much. And they go, this guy won't stop. That trick went on for like 10 minutes. Oh, my God. That one trick, 10 minutes. You know, always leave him wanting more. Give him a little taste. A taste is enough. And uh, uh, But it's a way of me saying, hey, I, I do this with with people who help me out, vendors and things like that, uh, salesmen, things like that. I'm in a store and I go, hey, I really appreciate your help. You ever heard of the Magic Castle? They go, yeah. I go, here's my card. I don't give them the pass. I give them a card. I go, here's my card uh, on my website. It just You can always reach me through my website. Now I've got them going to my website. And if you ever want to go to the castle, there's the freebie giving them something to make them go to my website. Um, you know, it's a way of getting out there. I'm a magician. So now this guy, someone, you do this a thousand times or so, somebody goes, God, I'm looking for a magician for my party. Oh, I just met this guy at my job, blah, 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 blah. And now your name pops up. And I happen to have his card and website, blah, 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 blah. And there you go. So it's just, uh, I remember Joel Bauer saying that. Oh, let everybody, everybody know you're a magician. Just just put it out there. Not a sell, not a, don't 
So people don't want to be sold. They're sold all the time. Just letting them know that that's what you are. And now they know somebody who does that. And there you go. Excellent advice from the anti-businessman. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've been doing this long enough that these things have creeped in and I don't even realize it. You know, you live, you learn. Exactly. Absolutely. So, George, can you tell tell us an interesting story about something you've either experienced yourself or something that you've witnessed, uh, you know, in your ins and out in the magic community? You know, us being as uh, us being performers, you know, we always have something interesting that happens or something out of the ordinary. So, go ahead and share a story like that, if you would. Hmm. Ah. Uh. <laughs> let's see here i've got some uh let's see here what's a good one well i mean i've had you know weird weird things happen i i was working at caesar's one time and, and this is not very flattering to me but uh you know somebody puked right in the middle of my show they just had too much to drink because back in the old days of caesar's they used to plow you with wine if you wanted it was like all the wine you could drink at the dinner before the show and so i guess this one person was just drinking like crazy and they used to have this little tunnel effect you walk through the tunnel and you feel like you're spinning around and all that stuff. Anyway, right from that, they sent him into my show uh, and this person got sick. So, you know, you know, stop the show and it's like, okay, how do you handle this? And you want to be gracious. You don't want to, you know, and it's just how you deal with those situations. Again, I'm more known for being more of a, a warm personality. So I was superly gracious and they got the person out. They cleaned up the place a little bit and we went on with the show and people, you know, were fine. I mean, that's happened before. The close-up room in the castle, I remember somebody uh, just – Fainted. It was kind of hot. It was a hot day. It was not too air conditioned. And they just kind of dropped dead. He's kind of, oh, hold on a second. Let's put a time out and take care of this person. And I was gracious with them. I didn't make fun of them. I didn't do jokes at them. And, and uh, you know, you handle it graciously. You go on with the show. And people kind of love it. They know this. They, they witness something that's not uh, going to be the typical show. So they always feel like they're part of something interesting. And it's how you handle it. So. I, I agree. I totally agree. And I've I've noticed a little bit of uh, a theme here in this interview in that uh for for example when you said the lady fainted, you know, you you addressed it, you helped her out, you didn't make fun of her, and you also mentioned that uh a little bit earlier in the interview and in that you know, I'm not here to make fun of you, I'm not here to make you look bad. Could you touch a little bit on that and and why that's important? Well, I, that's that's the point about like, I was saying that I'm known for being a warm personality. You're not going to be embarrassed by me. I, you know, I I just do not. My approach has always been um, treat people with respect, and they'll treat it back with you. Once you become the guy that does a zinger here, and you get a laugh, you'll get a laugh. But now they're all don't please don't. Now the rest of the audience who didn't get zings go please don't pick on me, don't point at me, and now they're all trepidation. And I've just always been by being a nice guy and good magic. Good guy is not just enough, but and doing good magic with that, uh, you're going to go further. Yeah, they're the guys who are the – they pick on him and they get a laugh here. And they, oh, he's a funny guy. But I, I was of a thing that I wanted to get everybody to like me. I, I, when I perform, I don't perform in the front row. I perform in the back row because I don't know the front row is going to see me if I'm hitting the back. I want to get everybody, everybody to like me. Um, and so that's just the general rule, be warm and nice. doesn't mean you can't do a, a little joke here and there, but then if you can – Put a joke on yourself. Make you look like you made a mistake and they were great. I mean, Wood Hayden's routine uh, is really great with that with the linking rings. You know, he, he makes them look like they're the star, even though they're obviously not. Um, 
right? It always helps the audience to go, hey, he's a good guy, and I, I want him to do well. Because remember, they always want you to do well. Yeah, there's the occasional heckler who wants to bury you. And all I do with them, here's my trick for hecklers, by the way. I know you didn't ask me this, but I'm going to go off on that. Is <laughs> is a, a heckler, they're guys with the zingers. And I, I try not to do that. I happen to be an actor. I have a very good voice. And I just talk over them. It's kind of a trick. I've done it at the castle for years. Like I didn't even hear it. And I go, maybe I talk a little bit faster so they don't have a, a, a chance to get in edgewise. And I let it go. And what I find out most of the time is they go, oh, he's not hearing me or he's not letting me talk. And they just shut up and they, they clam down because they just think they're being part of the show and it's fun. Uh, and, and they don't realize that they're ruining your timing, your setup. So I always just kind of go right past them, never heard it. And the people go, oh, he just must not have heard it. It's not like I'm ignoring it. I don't want to make it obvious. Like I looked at him and go, and then I go on. That's me ignoring it. I go on like I never heard it. I never look at him and I just go on. And most times I'll shut up. Once in a while, I mean, it happened in the castle one time. A guy was just not going to give up. He was totally drunk. And here's my here's my heckler stopper. I just looked at him, uh, and I just looked at him for a little while. Stopped the show and looked at him. Then it went on, and people were like, "Wow, that was great." He didn't even say a word. And the guy shut up. All I, did, I looked at him and stopped. He realized, oh, you know, this guy doesn't want me to do this. And I went on. And that's about the extent of my heckling. I mean, once in a while I've used a heckler stopper, but it's, it's more often than not, nice personality, ignore them, and you go on. And people, you know, you're doing your show. I just find that it works a lot. Again, back to being a, a nice guy, a warm personality, you know. Agreed, agreed. I, I think it's funny how you just looked at that guy, and I'm just imagining what was going through other people's minds. You know, wow, mm-hmm. this guy is like the ultimate magician. He's like, he's telling him right now with mind power to shut up. Exactly. <laughs> Without having to be rude, because, you know, sometimes it's their friend and they go, oh, I don't like what he's doing, but oh, I got a side on him. He's my friend. This way, I didn't do anything. I just stopped the show, looked at him, like waited, you know? Brilliant. That's fun. <laughs> Well, very cool, very cool. So, George, if you had to start over again from square one, but you still had all your performing experience and you still had, uh, you know, all the things you've learned business-wise uh, at your disposal, how would you go about starting again? Great question. Uh, I would have stayed in school. I know this sounds so hokey. I'm an older person, but really, or just taken a couple of classes in business because it just would help me. Like I told you, a lot of it fell in my lap. It was not planned. Uh, I see these guys, I'll be honest with you, some of them are not that good a magician who really do well business-wise because they've got all that business stuff with them. Um, you know, I, I didn't have computers when I was younger, but when it started coming along, there was no reason why I couldn't learn computers. You're a great computer guy. You know a lot. I learned stuff from you, Chris. You're fantastic. But, you know, to be up to date on all that stuff so that you can use all this social media and things like that and, you know um, – I just think it could only help you. I mean, the path I took, there was a magician named Dean Stern way back. He goes, guys are running this way. They're doing all this stuff. They're having the latest headshot and video, this and that. He goes, I go the other way. I do nothing. I just let my reputation kind of like hire me, whatever. And I guess I kind of followed that advice. I don't know if it was good or bad, but I just kind of went, no, just be good. And and they'll come to you. Uh, yeah, I've helped a long way with some business stuff, but not like these guys I see who are, I mean, they've got all the stuff going. They send out mailers or whatever and this and that. It's just, it can only help you. It's like the, the version of me saying verbally, hey, I'm a magician. Let me show you a quick trick if I can, or would you like to go to the castle? But they're doing it in a much more wider reach with all this uh, marketing and business training and then knowing how to use computers and the media and all that stuff. That's the only advice I would say. If I start off, I go, be smarter about that. I probably wouldn't 
work as hard, I probably have a lot more work, which is, you know, a, a better way to go. Hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say, right? Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> Very cool. So, George, looking at your career thus far, would you say that you've made it? Uh, I just think as a, a, an entertainer especially, you never feel, maybe in all professions, but you never feel you've made it. You always, hopefully, are striving to do something more. Uh, as far as making it, the only thing I can say toward that is that I've really never had a regular job. I mean, you count the match shop, but I saw that as me training for what I wanted to do. So, yeah, it was a regular job, but I was learning magic while I was there. I was getting paid to practice and read books and all that stuff, you know. Technically, I was selling stuff, but all my downtime, I was reading and practicing and meeting other magicians and learning. So I've really never had a regular job besides acting and magic. So yeah, magic, you know, acting gigs don't come on that often. So there's a lot of downtime. And I've always made my living all my life acting and doing magic. So I, I consider that kind of making it, I guess, because I've never had to, you know, oh, I can't make this. I got to go back and get a regular job. Whatever that means, I, I don't know if I've made it or not. I'm always trying to do more. So there you go. Right, and I, you know, from from the the interviews I've done in the past, I've seen kind of a a trend uh, so far in that it's it's more of looking back, and uh, you see a gradual growth as yes. as you've become more professional and attained more more gigs and and more shows and stuff, and it's in looking back that you can say, okay. You know, maybe I, I guess I have made it, but I'm still working toward bettering myself and uh, even maybe doing different things here and there as well. That's a great way to look at it. I, mean, I remember an acting teacher once saying, made it as, for an actor's career, but the same thing applies to magic. You got to think of it as not a slope going straight up because no, nobody has it. I don't think of many people who've had that unless they're an instant overnight success, which really doesn't happen too. But it's the, he thinks of it as valleys, peaks and valleys, in the sense that you're. You have a high point, then you drop down a little bit, and you have another high point that's a little bit higher than the last one, then you drop down, and another high. And if you look at it in a graph, it is a, it's a line going up, but there are these little valleys in between. And then at the end, you're going, wow, I'm all the way up here, and you've, your career has gone that way. And if you look at it that way, you go, oh, I am. I have achieved a lot of stuff, and I started down here, and now you're up here, but there were these peaks and valleys all the way, and it's a good way to look at your career or a career you're approaching. That There'll be lows, but then there's going to be a high, and then a low, and a high, and, and hopefully you're always going up upward, and that's the way. I thought it was always a good way to look at a career. <laughs> no, no problem. So that, that, that uh, actually makes me think of a, uh, a quote, um, and I, I'm not sure who said it, but it's basically that success – isn't a destination, it's a journey. I have read that quote. I wish I remembered it when you asked me about quotes, but that's a fantastic <laughs> quote. That's a great so there you I've, go. Used, I've, I've used that before. Something you can it's adopt, a, right? <laughs> that's a much a, actors use that all the time. Same way any kind of entertainer should use that because it is. It's it's just a it's not about yeah, it's not a destination. You're always striving to be better, higher, more. And so that's a great quote. I've used that before in my in my mind. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love that one. So uh, we're, we're coming up to the end of the interview here, and mm. I'd like you to just recommend a resource to our listeners. And this can be anything from an iPhone app, or you know, some people say you can just never beat a good old-fashioned pen and paper. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? 
a resource. How about your 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 podcast here? How about that? That's a good resource. <laughs> so I, I highly recommend that. I think it's a great idea. Uh, there's also a guy named I got to tell you, his name is Tyler Erickson. Oh my god, I think it's called Stronger Magic. And this guy is, first of all, a fantastic magician. This guy I met in Minneapolis when I was living there, and he's a teacher of magic. But he just doesn't teach tricks. He teaches everything about it. He knows so much stuff. I really think this guy's brilliant, and he's going to break out of the magic world, and um, people are going to pay attention to him because they think he's fantastic. But uh, I believe it's called Stronger Magic, or just search Tyler Erickson uh, Magic, and he'll come up, and I'm sure he'll have links to his site. It's just kind of – but what's nice about this site is he sells packages of lessons and things like that, but, but it's kind of a freebie to get people to come along. He offers these Tyler's Tips. It's called Strong Magic, Stronger Magic. Tyler's Tips. And so every time this pops up, it's a little piece of advice about what kind of what you're doing, like either professionally or magically, how to, to get better. You know, uh, some of the things I said, he mentions, I, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I, I agree with that 100%. And so I just think it's a, it's a new thing that's going to be really hot. And, and magicians should check it out definitely because it's good advice on magic, uh, business, everything, how to be a good folks. He thinks about stuff like this all the time. That's why he's a great teacher. He's a fantastic magician and a great teacher. So very cool. Tyler nice. Erickson. He's out of Minneapolis. Tyler Erickson. Is that uh... – a, a website or a book? Yeah, or? The website, I think Strong Magic is called, it's it's a website. Uh, I wish I had a direct link. Um, okay. I'll, I'll find sh- it. Yeah, and it's I'll Stronger Magic. I know his thing is called Tyler's Tips. Uh, he's up to four right now. He's just going with this. But um, yeah, definitely look him up. He's uh, it, It'd be a great resource. Very cool. It sounds like it might be online teaching. Or something yes. like that? Yes, online, online teaching is the, is the main thing that he's doing okay. right. But then he's got these – if you sign up for it, you get these Tyler tips for free even if you don't take the course. So uh, he might be a great guy for you to interview in the future. I, I really think he would be a great, great interview. This guy really thinks about what he does magically and professionally. Very cool. Uh, I will uh, uh, get in contact with him. And mention my name. Mention my name. He's a friend of mine. <laughs> I will. Absolutely. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that. You bet. So along the same lines of uh, recommendations here, I'd like you to recommend two books. One book being in the magic uh, community uh, having to do with magic and the other one outside of magic. Well, the first one is pretty – in the magic thing is, is, is pretty good in the sense of um, – it's called Strong Magic by Darwin Tease. I guess it's a pretty old book by now and it's considered a classic. But – uh, I just think his advice on how to approach uh, magic is is really to be kind of corny or strong in the sense that I, I find over the years that most people don't think about what they're doing when they're performing. And in, in Darwin's book, he really is a big um, proponent of thinking about everything, moments, moves, covers, everything. Now, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he says in that book. Some of his opinions, I go, nah, that's not true. In real world experience, I don't think that's true or this or that. But that's not the point. The point is bringing up the point of analyzing and looking at and and thinking about what you're doing is so valuable, I think, that so many magicians would benefit. Uh, Maybe a lot of artists would benefit. But I think specifically magicians would think about things that he brings up that they've never thought about. I just think guys kind of go along. They get the trick and they just, oh, I got a snappy joke and they go on. Not thinking about all the finer points that go with presenting a magic effect. And so I just think it's a strong – there we go. I'm using the word again. A very good book 
to read to enhance anybody's performance. It's just such a good book that way. If you if you see it that way, forget about the tricks he teaches. Forget about uh, some other things because sometimes you like I don't agree with that. That's fine, but you're thinking about it, and I think that's the major point and why you should read that book. As far as outside magic, um, I don't have a particular. I mean, I, I remember as an actor, the artist way was always given to me. I can never get through it and things like that, but. Uh, the Artist Way. I don't know who the author of that book is, but um, I remember that's supposed to be a good thing to think about it artistically in, in life. But uh, no, I, I don't. I, I try to be well-read, so I read. I used to read the paper a lot or magazines. Now, of course, it's the internet. But being well-read, uh, whether it's old books or, or current up-to-date news, what that does, I believe, is makes you a better person to just talk to in life, with clients, without clients, with anybody, and that makes you a more interesting person. So the better, I don't say educated, that sounds like schooling, and I'm not. I'm just saying being a well-rounded uh, person allows you to then mix with a lot of kind of people, uh, all kinds of people, and, and sound, you know, you can hold a conversation with anybody. I've worked for multi, multi-billionaires, millionaires, whatever, and I've worked for, you know, bikers and and the uh, the cleaning crew at a place, at a bar, at a saloon. I've worked the gamut all the way up and down cruise ships for high end people. I've worked for, you know, the, uh, the workers at a, at a school luncheon thing and whatever. That was just that one group, you know, whatever. But I've been able to hold a conversation with all of them, all of them and, and hold my ground. And that's just because I, I consider myself, not that I'm this intelligent guy, but well-rounded. I like sports. I know sports. I like theater, music, literature, not that I'm experts in any of those fields, but I can hold my ground in a conversation. I just think being well-read as a general rule is a good piece of advice. Good point. Good point. So uh, the first one was Strong Magic by Darwin Ortiz, and that's yes. not Stronger Magic, which is by Tyler. Yes. I, I don't okay. think went Strong I think it's Stronger Magic by Tyler. I, I, I remember that thinking that when he put that title out for this website, I went, I wonder if I'm getting confused with Strong Magic by Darwin. But I think it's Stronger Magic at Tyler's site. Right. Okay. And then, uh, and then the other one is just to be well read and up to speed with current events and what's going on, so that you can uh, um, interact and and uh, and just be better around people in general. Yes. yes. Yeah. Very good. I love that. That's that's awesome. So uh, we're we're coming here to the end of the podcast here, the end of the interview. Do you have any parting advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, just keep plugging away. I mean, if, if you really enjoy it, I always just tell students, if practice is a drudgery, find another profession because, uh, magic is about practicing a lot. And I'm not just talking about practicing the tricks, practicing what you're going to say, practicing, thinking about it. <clears throat> I, uh, I just say, keep plugging away. I have a funny story about that. In fact, I, I heard a story once about David Spade, the comedian actor and all this stuff. And I remember somebody said they saw him back in Hollywood working in one of the comedy clubs. And he only had to do like five minutes when it was open mic. And he was awful, awful, terrible. They said he, he was just, you know, and he would just keep coming back, keep coming back. And after a year, they said he had like one bit out of a, maybe a 15 minute routine, one, two minute bit. That was great. Boom. Plug that, put that aside, kept that. And then kept on plugging. And after a certain amount of years, all of a sudden he had 15 minutes and then he went on to, uh, it was Carson or whatever. He got to SNL with it and bam, he's the star that he is today. But it is a guy who's got just a, a thick skin and just did not take the rejection because he was getting, you know, you're horrible. Get out of the business. You're, you know, horrible. This is bad. And he just didn't, kept on plugging away. And he knew that if he just kept on plugging away, got a little bit here, a little bit there, that, 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 that peaks and valley thing was going up and up and up. 
And then bam, he's the star he is today. So all I can say to people, if you really want to do it, just keep plugging away at it. You'll, you'll get there. Excellent advice. <laughs> just, nice. uh, just keep, uh, uh, keep your head to the plow or whatever, as they say, right? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Very cool. So, uh, George, um, what, what I'd like you to do now is just tell us where we can find you, plug your website, any products you might have, or, uh, you know, uh, where, yeah, you're, well, where we can find you online. Well, if anyone wants to find me online, it, it's pretty simple. It's just uh, www.georgetovar.com. G-E-O-R-G-E, Tovar, T-O-V as in Victor, A-R.com. That's it. And they can find my website. My website just describes a little bit about what I do. There is a Facebook icon there that will take you right to my face page. And all the face pages for me, I'm learning how to use this stuff, is it just kind of cites things that I'm doing. If it's a play, a movie, uh, a magic gig, the castle, things like that, you can always – the face page will pop up if, if you like the page, if you like my face page. It will uh, pop up and you will, um, on your screen, knowing, hey, George's got this going on and George's doing this. So it's a way to just keep up to date. The website is more of a place for profession. I can send people and describe more of my, um, my performances, what I do. I do a close-up of this, I do that, and people I've worked for in the past, celebrities, things like that. Just a little bit about me and a way to contact me. So that would be the best way. And if you want to go straight to the face page, you can just always look, search me on face page at George Tovar, all capital letters, and it'll say entertainer after it, describing what I do. And that's another way to find me on face page instead of going through the link on my website. But either way, you can find me that way. Very cool. So we have your uh, your website and your Facebook page. So, George, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your experience with our listeners. You've shared all kinds of really good information that I'm sure we will all get a lot out of. Well, it's been a lot of fun, Chris. I'm looking forward to uh, listening to these podcasts, too. I think it's a great thing that you're doing. Like I said, I always learn stuff from this stuff all the time, so I'm looking forward to listening in the future. So thank you for asking me. Hey, absolutely. Thanks again for uh, for sharing. Have a wonderful day. You too, Chris. Take care. Hey there, this is your host, Chris Shepard, wrapping things up. I really hope that you're enjoying these free podcasts. If you are, I'd really appreciate it if you go to SuccessfulPerformerCast.com, click on the subscribe on iTunes tab at the top to be taken to the iTunes store where you can leave a rating and a review. Don't forget that I'll give a shout out by name to anyone who leaves a five-star rating. Now, go out there and make your dreams happen. I'm the anti-business guy, so it's, it's like what not to do.